Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Cult of Janus, written by Hamster I.V. Not long after humanity made its presence known to the galactic community, the Cult of Janus started sending its missionaries into the larger galaxy. They were a secretive order who insisted on building sealed temples wherever they were permitted to make permanent residence. Most races still welcomed them with open arms. The priesthood were exceptionally fit even by human standards and would busy themselves offering humanitarian aid to the communities that allowed them residence. The priests of Janus focused on feeding the poor, caring for the sick, and rescuing survivors in times of disaster. Unlike most religions who grow through proselytizing, the priests of Janus would go about their work with no mention of their god or the greater significance their work had in the wider scheme of things. Humans and some non-humans impressed by selflessness of the local priests would petition for admittance to the priesthood of Janus, using a selection criteria as mysterious as the temples themselves. A select few petitioners each year were admitted to the great monastery of Earth. When those petitioners returned to their communities as fully ordained priests, those who once knew them would often remark how focused and polite they were. Yet human or not, none would disclose whatever secrets were sealed the temples contained. By decree of the Galactic Senate, the sacred spaces of religions were off-limits to the powers of secular governments, regardless of which species ruled the planet and which species maintained the sacred space. Such religious tolerance was seen as a way of keeping the peace in an extraordinary, diverse and integrated galaxy. The cult of Janus was not the only group who used this law to ensure its privacy. Many criminal enterprises hid behind the facade of sacred spaces to launder money, store contraband, or worse. Yet, the cult of Janus always seemed legitimate. They quietly set up temples where local governments permitted. They broke no laws, and new temples were almost always coincided with the drop in crime. The temples served as communities that most governmental bodies wrote off as a waste of resources. Without much fanfare, the cult expanded to every ghetto, slum, and shanty town in the known universe. Human governments, in panic following the first contact, sought to embed Trojan horses in potentially hostile alien environments. The long-forgotten Roman god Janus was resurrected for that purpose. Each temple was an armory for special operations combat operative who would become its priest, To maintain their cover, the priests would go out into the neighboring community and help in whatever way that they could. They would put on the mask of benevolence and walk amongst alien communities that they were trained to overthrow. They behaved as they thought a priest should behave, lending a hand, supporting those that could not support themselves, and acting as an impartial arbiter. 
Yet time has a way of warping one's priorities. The mask these priests wore blended in eventually became their true face. The invasion humanity feared never came. The galaxy was far more peaceful than the imagination of humanity's pre-contact fiction ever expected. Three hundred Earth years passed and the cult of Janus's mission evolved from infiltration to service. It was still funded by the human government as a doomsday constituency plan, but it was widely accepted that the priests would go native in communities that they were embedded in. Any call to arms would be for their benefit of the communities as much as the survival of Earth. The only thing the central monastery demanded was that the secret of Janus had to be maintained. Thus, on hundreds of different planets, thousands of illegal weapon caches were maintained by priests, who were trained in guerrilla warfare and loyal only to the most noble ideals of humanity. No one suspected these mild-mannered priests of being anything but devoted holy men who gave more to the bottom of society than those wretched could afford to pay back. No one suspected until the Conclave of Light began its purge. The Conclave of Light was a polar opposite of the cult of Janus. They actively courted the wealthiest in each world, convincing them that it was a god's will that they should have so much while others would have so little. They preached wealth and power were proof of holiness, and those who were lacking in wealth were also lacking in holiness. Their god was just god, and all injustice in the universe could be explained away as part of the bigger plan the average mortal was not privy to. All were welcome in their ranks, as long as they met the minimum wealth standards. No deeds beyond financial contribution to spread the good word was asked of the conclave's followers. Their teachings were broadcast in every language and artistic medium of a dozen species so all could marvel at the genius and their rhetoric. Their sacred spaces were covered in great wealth and the richest of the conclave's followers would gather within those walls to discuss ways to grow their holdings and, with it, their holiness. The average citizen of many worlds were attracted to the conclave of light by the intoxicating idea that their place above the lowest of the low was just the will of a god. However, the conclave's honeyed words were directed towards the masters of industry and government whose secular power could benefit the conclave the most. With a righteousness inexorably linked to power, the conclave gave its blessings to rid their chosen worlds of the unworthy. Those who existed outside the conclave's definition of morally upright were portrayed as thieves and parasites. Across hundreds of star systems, it went from being unpopular to be destitute to illegal. Immigrant without sufficient resources and refugee ships in the worlds too poor to warrant conclave attention were just turned back first with harsh words, then with lasers and torpedoes. The communities of unworthy that were already established on concave worlds were subject to over-policing to fill the factory prisons of wealthy conclave members. Ultimately, it was decided that these communities should be put to the torch and its inhabitants rounded up so that the cost of the legal proceedings required to imprison the free citizens could be waived. 
The conclave of light made great decrees across all media that they were doing God's work, and that the purging of these unworthy communities would ensure safety and prosperity for all. When mercenaries hired by the conclave to carry out their purge descended upon the unworthy communities, the priests of Janus retreated to the sanctity of their temples and begged their superiors to say the five words that would allow them to carry out their mission. A great debate was held in the fortress monastery on earth. Did the actions of the conclave present a great enough threat to expose the secret of Janus? Was the lower strata of a hundred alien worlds worth throwing away humanity's most potent trump card? When the cult of Janus was first created, the answer would have been a resounding no. But three hundred years of noble service had changed the cult. The military strategies that founded the original temples and monasteries had long since retired. In their place, temple priests who had grown too old for the front-line service now made up the senior leadership. A decision was made. For the first time since the walls of Rome had been brought down, the order was given. Open the gates of Janus. Those five words spoken in a secret bunker half a mile beneath the fortress monastery was carried instantaneously to thousands of priests on hundreds of worlds. The galaxy got its first look at the true face of Janus. What they saw would rock the foundations of governments everywhere. The holy insignia that for so long associated with mercy and compassion was now seen engraved on power armor. Hands that had once carried the wounded and fed the hungry now wielded power swords and plasma pistols. The priest of Janus trained for centuries in the arts of war with religious devotion. Hours of simulator practice and live training had created an unrivaled killing machine. When coupled with the purity of purpose that only a truly righteous man could ever know, the beings that charged through the gates of Janus were more an avatar of destruction than mortal man. They fell upon the thugs seeking to undo their work with the might of a dying star. Human and non-human members of the cult struck with a fury well above what was thought possible. The indoctrination and physical training they received on earth turned them from the meekest of prey species into hardened killers while they naturally war-loving humans had spent the last three hundred years pretending to be passive sheepdogs. The conclave of light sent their agents preparing the civilian riots. What they encountered were creatures of such unsurpassed wrath that whole regiments were put into flight in the matter of minutes. Ardent believers in the conclave's teachings were rendered catatonic by the revelation of Janus's true purpose. How could a just god allow the destruction to befall his chosen? What kind of grand plan would require the most blessed of their ranks to be rendered into a fine mist by those who catered to the lowest of the lower? The priests of Janus responded with a sword and plasma. By the time the last war camp was liberated and the core of the conclave's military put to flight, the upper ranks had realized how grave a miscalculation they had made. In terror, they retreated to the most impregnable fortresses and bunkers on their respective worlds. 
The wealthy and influential who authorized the culling joined them with the remaining military garrison still loyal to the conclave. A plea was sent to the Galactic Navy to save them from the cult of Janus and to punish the humans for sneaking military operatives into their worlds under the guise of religion. The Galactic Navy had, uh, by long tradition, abstained from the planetary politics. They had taken note of the toxic agenda of the Conclave of Light represented and had done nothing. They had listened to the distress calls of refugee ships floundering in the void just inside of the planetary sphere of the influence and done nothing. With the leaders of the Conclave and a hundred worlds begging for special consideration, the Navy, as one, rose up, placed their hands on the collective posteriors and sat back down. The Conclave senators had spent years crafting religious liberty laws that kept the Navy out of local disputes of faith. Now that the distress calls came from the very senators who penned the religious liberty laws, the admirals of the fleet could only recite the words for word of the legislation that prevented them from acting within the planet's sphere of influence. When the crisis was over, the Galactic Navy resolved to give humanity a stern talking to for seeding the galaxy with a special operative soldiers and enough firepower to instigate a galactic coup. Perhaps even negotiate a cross-training program with their own Marine Corps. With nothing but their local defense garrisons to protect them, the leaders of the Conclave and their cronies cowered in hardened bunkers. Outside, the priests of Janus were forming an army. These were children of the slums and ghettos, always a great respect for the priests of Janus. When the temple called for warriors, they were met by volunteers in the millions. The temple masters on earth anticipated a disfranchised populations could be useful in extreme circumstances, so each temple held enough insurgent-grade firearms and explosives to fuel a long-term guerrilla war. Under the tutelage of the priests, these volunteers were transformed into a fighting force never before seen in galactic history. Across the hundred worlds, the Day of Judgment was called. Armies of poor and disenfranchised gathered outside the secret urban bunkers and mountain fortresses. The twin-faced banner of Janus was held aloft by thousands of eager hands. Speaking through megaphones integrated into the power armor, the priests of Janus stood at the front of these great assemblies and begged the garrisons to lay down their arms. Many garrisons did just that, either unwilling to face the wrath of Janus or sensing the tide of justice flowing against them. The few who were complicit in the crimes of the conclave refused and were slaughtered to a man. The priests of Janus had a point to make. No one is so wealthy, so well-connected, or so powerful to escape the consequences of their actions. On a hundred worlds, this point was made in blood. In the day of judgment's aftermath, a new government were put together under the watchful eye of the priests. They were all too aware of the reign of terror usually following a powerless that took seats of power. Cowed by the stern authority of the priests, the armies of the once disenfranchised were convinced to return their weapons to the temple. 
When the last weapons were accounted for, the gates of Janus were shut, the priests returned to their role as caretakers of the poor, never mentioning the terrible arsenal that they were custodians of. The fortress monastery of Janus on earth was flooded with non-human petitioning to join the ranks of the priesthood. Several of fortress monasteries were quickly consecrated around the galaxy to deal with the influx. What started as a secret contingency plan by the humans had evolved into a galaxy-spanning religion. Yet, amongst the wealthy and privileged of each world, the priests of Janus were viewed with suspicion and fear. They were all the wolves in priests' clothing. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.